threw it in a cabinet somewhere. And when I was six years old, I was sitting eating cereal, and this cabinet door kind of pops open, and I and I I just I just see this like hideous creature, and I'm just like, mommy, like what is that? And she was like, oh. Don't be scared. It's just a two-headed cat floating in formaldehyde. <laughs> and I was just like, can I take that to show and tell? Yeah. And Good she was you. like, yeah. And you. I smashed show and tell for like eight years. I just ran it back the same trick every year. Usually I don't do this. Jeff Dyke Michaels making food and he's making comedy too. Thaddeus J. McKee is co-hosting with the guy I mentioned previously. Sauce Boss Zach's on the one to two. So good he calls him twos and threes. And as always, there's a guest who is sure to please on Heart of Brunch. Hi and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. And with me as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. S.P. Dub Dub. On the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last woke dragon. Give it up for Zach Rohn. Hey there. And a very special guest with us in studio, dressed to the nines, Heather Brogdon, everybody. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello. Uh, can we have you get it? Make sure you're right up there on yep. the mic there so we can hear your wonderful voice. Yep. Welcome to the program. Uh, Heather, you're an entrepreneur in the city of Indianapolis. And um, I, I, I said when you came in, I was like, she does a bunch of cool things. <laughs> And I don't want to misrepresent any of them. So could you explain for our listeners kind of what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say in a lot of ways, I'm an artist through entrepreneurship. I have a background in photojournalism, telling stories. Um, I've made that into career through my um, entrepreneurial nine to five. Um, Because as you said, we all kind of do many hats and all Mm -hmm. the different things these days. Um, but I own Porch, which is a corporate communications um, type company. We serve mostly nonprofit corporations and government agencies. Um, and so really excited by that. We're located in Fountain Square. And outside of that, um, I love the culinary arts scene, the all arts and culture, Indianapolis, live downtown, just love being involved in all things ooey gooey and uh, bright colored. So you're kind of like the one who walks behind, be, betwixt the tribes of art and the and the mm. business world. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely, and love to just definitely like sew the different things together and surprise people and have fun with it too. Now, does porch does porch like an acronym? Does it stand for something, or what no. was the inspiration behind that? Ah, oh, good story. Because we actually just rebranded last year, okay. um, coming up on a one year anniversary of that rebrand, and um, we were previously called B Media House. I launched it in 2015. I had a a wedding video company before that. And um, so my a little bit of my pandemic story is actually went back to my grandparents farm and spent a bit of my quarantine in a a little studio with my dogs. And that kind of brought back a lot of just childhood stuff. And it was um, really great experience. And I remember spending a lot of time on the porch with my grandfather and Mm. um, I was kind of reflecting on that. And I thought, um, you know, porch is where stories are told and character is developed. And I was like, that's going to be our new name. So I That's really great. just loved yeah. that and uh, like had a story element for us. And it's really what I'd love to be able to share with people. So that's kind of why we, we rebranded to Porch, where stories are told and characters developed. Now, what stories was your grandpa telling? Oh, man. That was just, we went out on the porch all the time. I spent, we lived there for about three years. But other than that, I'd always go spend at least a week in the winter and a week in the summer. Nice. And it was part of a daily. Like, you'd get a cocktail and um, sometimes some cheese or like a little shrimp cocktail if he was extra fancy from like Walmart that day. Um, nice. This was in southern Indiana, kind of outside Bloomington. And we'd go to the porch and, you know, he'd tell some stories like, about his parents and land, but we'd also talk about like philosophical stuff. Like some stuff like really sticks with me still today. Like he asked me once, and I think about this and he goes, if you stand really quiet, it's almost impossible today to hear something that's not man-made. Yeah. I'm like, I think about that. Like he's like, how remote do you have to get to where Mm -hmm. you don't hear anything man-made? Yeah. It's usually here like a plane or, you know, like, so we would just like, 
I don't know. He'd just probably get drunk on gin and tonics. <laughs> <laughs> I had my sweet tea and was like, what conversation are we having right now? I don't know, but this is awesome. Yeah. But those are the memories that stick with you. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I think that's great that you incorporated that into your business. Sometimes when you ask people like their business name, it's just going to, I thought it sounded cool. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> thought it would thought it would hit the algorithm right. Right. So. Yeah. I, sh- I took an, I took a word and I shortened it, yeah. and then I spelled it differently. <laughs> my company's called Poor <laughs> P O R. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's great. So, um, I you you also are involved. What is the uh, popcorn? Yeah, yeah. So, um, as mentioned, love arts and culture and love food. Um, I. When I started traveling a little bit more in my 20s, I looked at food as like, you know, no matter where you are, that's a language that you can understand in different countries mm-hmm. that I really found was like a fun thing that I could have with traveling. Um, and in, in Indianapolis has had with our farm to table and like certain things, we've had some really cool um, moments in the food scene. So I, I've gotten involved in that about 2015 and just really enjoyed what's given me. Um, and so through a hodgepodge of things, I um, have ended up partnering with Culinary Crossroads and Larry Dickerson um, with my co-chair, Gwen Marcantonio. And her and I have been working on launching an initiative for young professionals um, in the culinary arts. So just putting on programming geared to be more fun and inclusive and like really showcase what Indiana uh, culinary arts has to offer and just bringing together different communities and stakeholders like do fun shit. Well, so, what would be an example of like an event that you guys would do? Yeah. So um, everything right now is just in those um, preliminary thing, uh, conversations. Mm. Um, but we're looking at hosting like a fall um, happy hour kind of networking event. Nice. Um, so having a little bit of that, like maybe some tastings from a couple chefs, uh, maybe incorporating something with music or art. So, you know, we all participated in the, the baby got brunch and saw how much fun something like that is. Now yeah. it's more on like a festival scale to like kudos to them. We're, uh, not that ambitious right now. We're going to go more on like that, you know, probably 50 to 100 people and sure. maybe even some like more curated dinners. Um, so a little bit smaller, but really looking at unique venues, showcasing off what we mm-hmm. have to offer, connecting people with people they may not necessarily run into, having, we're looking at maybe cooking classes. I think yeah. it'd be really fun to like, you know, learn how to make pasta and like have that be like, a way to meet people nice. and get out um, that's, you know, a little bit different energy level. Yeah, and I could tell just immediately from meeting you, you're one of the people that really loves this city and like wants it to be better yeah. or or to um evolve. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think that like I, I you were talking about a, a bit earlier off off camera. You were talking to us about um how much Indianapolis puts into like say sports versus how much they put into arts and stuff and wanting to be on the forefront of growing that like that got me excited that got me perked up that got me like invested right away I was like oh wow like because I I definitely feel that way I feel like a lot of people do and I don't think that they know how to go about improving that yeah and Mm -hmm. I yeah that's that's been like something for me kind of post pandemic that's like really taking off is like oh man I want to be in this space oh man I want to like I want to be a part of this energy and I want to like stand on this cliff and yell about this, yeah, you know, yeah. like I want to do this like loud and like eccentric and like, let's do this. Right. Um, and so I think like just really from some uh, utilizing some of my perspective that I've had in more of the business communities and like unpacking, like, you know, what do we value here and like, what do we see and what's marketed? What's all of these different things and breaking it down from more of that business perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I get even more passionate because actually like the more I've gotten to know the community, the more I've been able to see how we have cultivated the sports economy mm-hmm. that we have. I mean, Indiana Sports Corp is like amazing. And we um, they produced a documentary to tell that story and premiered it at GameBridge. And going mm. to that experience was so much fun. And, you know, Sarah Meyer is doing really cool things over there. And, you know, just looking at um, how we've been able to make things a success in this sure. community. Yeah. And then being the like obnoxious person with cloud sunglasses and a third eye in the room that goes, um, can we do? that for arts and culture um can we do that some more um so yeah and there there's also some other people that are like 
doing amazing work in this. I mean, Gang Gang is really like making strides and there's, you know, folks um, in Fountain Square at the music industry and like what you guys are doing with comedy. Like there's just so many people, you know, hair in school, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a friend of mine that does pottery and she's like so badass and just realizing like, man, we've got so much greatness here for this. Um, but like most things in Indiana, one of our biggest issues is the brain drain. Everybody wants to leave. Everybody mm-hmm. takes their Midwest trauma and they go to the coast and they sell it for more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I want to be able to kind of curate a culture for that, that more yeah. where it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's invest here a bit. Now, how do you vet? Because like you want to partner with like a lot of the good artists here. Like, and so I'm sure um, people are like asking you for help. So how do you vet like the artists that you want to work with or how do you choose? What's that process? Um, I would say to a certain extent, I'm like, I have this from like the corporate side of, of like what I do and like through my business mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm kind of that more entrepreneur and like, I do love mentoring and I kind of bring from that. But honestly, I don't find us now, this is my experience thus far. I'm, you know, kind of getting into this, but I've not had a lot of people reach out to me. And I think some of that's cause I'm not really, I'm not out there as much as I'd like to be with some of this because, you know, I got to I got to run things and you still kind of got some stuff to do to to pay my mortgage. Um, But really looking at like I'd like to be in a position where I'm having more people reach out. I'm still continuously reaching out as it stands. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, uh, one of the things we obviously do here in Heart of Brunch is uh, we eat a big brunch together. And you got to you got to be here for a a very special day. uh, 40 eggs day. Uh, 40 eggs 40 eggs can you believe it uh friend of the show rocky balboa he he starts off every day eating 40 eggs 40 eggs a day and um so we wanted to see if we could collectively eat 40 eggs and we did it we We actually did it we ate 40 eggs it was actually easier than i thought when you split it more than one person uh and actually, you kind of came on the show uh, last minute, so I was like worried. Like when I asked, I was like, "Give me food." I was like, oh, "She's gonna say she's allergic to eggs." I can feel it coming. Oh, she's gonna man. be like, "Oh, every- that would be comedic genius." Oh yeah, <laughs> forty eggs brunch. Mm, and any, the girl is allergic to eggs. Anything but eggs, I think, is good. I'm deathly allergic <laughs> to eggs. I could only have thirty nine eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm allergic so to a specific number of eggs. <laughs> I can't do a 48, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> Seems bad. Uh, so, yeah. So, and I, my favorite is when people are like, oh, I'll, I'll eat whatever. I'm like, awesome. Uh, and so, you you came in. You came in uh, wide open to any culinary, uh, you know, ability or expectations. And so, as soon as I saw you wearing that dress, I was like, she came to have a good time. <laughs> she came here for fun. And yeah. uh, so I didn't feel weird about saying we're doing 40 eggs today. <laughs> <laughs> it's the least weird thing that's happened I to me today. I set the ante at all. Yeah. <laughs> set the level yeah. high. Yeah, all right, all right. I feel that's, and that was that was kind of a goal with yeah. as we kind of talked about like costuming and certain things and having fun with it. But yeah, yeah that was so good. It's not often when the guest so sets good. the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we not being weird enough? Hey um, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure, curtsies. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we obviously do a lot of egg dishes around here. It's a brunch podcast, so I was trying to trying to think of some different things. And also, sometimes, uh, a lot of times, Zach and I will split the menu, and then we won't tell each other what we're making till later in the week. But then we have to check to make sure we're not making the same thing. So I wasn't. So it wasn't. He 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 kind of told me what he was doing. And I was like, okay, I want to do some different egg dishes. So I started off the first course with. Uh, Steak tartare deviled eggs. Um, so good. So delicious. And a combination and of two, two favorites. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it was fun to make. I uh, My grandma growing up, I've probably said this a million times, but my grandma growing up, uh, my grandma was from France. Mm-hmm. And growing up, she always made uh, deviled eggs with uh, ham and like Dijon mustard. No paprika, no garnish of any kind. It was either ham or shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah, she would do ham and shrimp deviled eggs. I could see that kind of from a French perspective. And so I was probably in my like early teens before I had like a regular deviled egg. And I was like, what is this? Like, what's wrong with like, where's where's all the cool stuff in it? Like, what is, why is there red dust on top of this? That was the shrimp. And (laughs) was the shrimp dust? No. Uh, I could do that one. <laughs> <laughs> not quick enough. No, no. It's kind the of a moment when you... Statue of Limitations is <laughs> passed. Oh, good. 
Uh, but yeah, so I love playing around with different kind of, and then like now, like, you know, years and years later, obviously you go into a restaurant, fancy restaurant and you'll see all kinds of, you know, different takes on deviled eggs and, and I love it. I'm here for it. So, uh, yeah, I did kind of like the classic, uh, deviled egg base, just kind of the hold it on there on the plate there. And, uh, and then just stuffed it full of uh, steak tartare. And then my favorite thing was just a cured egg, which is something I wish I would use more. But it takes like four or five days to get a good cure on it. And it's always like, ah, I should have started that Tuesday. I always forget. So I got ahead of the game this week and I cured some eggs and I got it. And need to shave those cured eggs on top. And like, I don't know. I, I'll put that on almost anything. Like a nice little cured egg. I mean, I think that's impressive. I'm really proud of myself if I remember to take, let the meat get to room temperature before I'm going <laughs> to cook it. I'm like, I feel real good if I'm like prepping something four or five hours before. So four or five days, that's pretty, that's, those are goals. Brunch that is, is awesome. Brunch is always You're, top of mind for me. It's that's, either. That's not a bad way to live. The, the second this podcast is over, I'm just on what am I cooking next week? It's already, it's already on the to-do list. And then uh, Zach Rohn uh, made an amazing uh, second course. Why don't you tell us about it there, Zach? I did a uh, shashuka, which was like a uh, poached eggs and a tomato sauce. Uh, there was uh, uh, olives and capers and then like some cumin and, and stuff in the tomato oh. sauce. Uh, then I served it with some crusty bread. Yeah. <laughs> well, is that what the name of the bread is? Crusty's? Yeah, crusty. Crusty bread. Yeah, crusty From bread. Indi- oh, crusty's in Indianapolis? Mm, yeah. Okay, uh, I I I think that's a dish that I just I could eat that every every week. I feel like it's always I'm never going to turn that down. My only problem is I always want to put too much and make it like a full pasta dish. That I'm like I've got so much sauce left over. Yeah, I got way too much sauce for the the eggs that I cooked. But yeah, I did like ten eggs there. Oh wow! Yeah, but the consistency was really nice. It was like kind of soupy, but had the like it was really and we were kind of talking that and like that it felt it was like very comforting yes mm. like it was a comfort food that also packed like really nice flavor and punch yeah. like it felt like not a I, I mean obviously if i'm trying to remember to marinate things not a comfort food i'm necessarily being able to make it home <laughs> but right. it tastes like a home cooked type of comfort yeah. food but elevated honestly if i was sick i would want that that mm. that is what I'm like soup or something. Oh. Now I've, I'm ruined. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like my mom can't make that. <laughs> like if yeah. I was like, "Mom, this is my comfort food. And I'm sick. Please make this." She'd be like, "Well, you're gonna have to go get that." Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to undersell the olive taste in it as well. The olives and the tapers together. It gave this nice little. Um, how do, how do you say saltiness? Not, saltiness, not sourness. A little bit, bit of that bitter. Sour olive taste. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right with the... I was like, Goodfellas doesn't know how to make sauce. <laughs> that was the day I was like, all right. Today I was like, nope, Goodfellas doesn't know how to make it. Zach does. Thank you. Yeah. And then yeah. the uh, the next uh, was the uh, uh, Morel omelets. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want to do anything too crazy. I really wanted the, the Morels to be showcased in it. So just... Uh, just a a light bit of sharp cheddar, and then the the butter. They use a good like carry butter and so buttery. just light salt and pepper, and let the morels do their thing. A little bit of shallots, and then uh, and then I I I was really trying to do the uh, the the, the trifold omelet. You know, to make it look nice and pretty, because like nice and I, I took my picture with it. I I, I, <laughs> I I need to do that more often at home because that the omelet was the very first thing I ever learned to cook. Okay. I learned to cook it on, on a sixty second omelet at the state fair. They were like mm. demoing. I think they were demoing um, pans like cookware. Yeah. And they were like, look, with this pan, you can cook an omelet in sixty seconds. And they it basically was just if you have your meals set up. Like it doesn't take that long to cook an omelet, but they were making it. So like, did you? Were you? Did you work the state fair? No, I was just a like oh. a, a sucker walking by. I think my mom. My mom used to fall for state fair. Um, I worked the state fair. I was that person trying to get you in and yeah, sell you grandfather yeah. clocks in high school. I legit. That was my high school. Like, that was yeah. the hustle back then. I mean, then. I worked the flower and patio show. I've been in the expo hall at the state fair. Like, I know that life. It's kind of like a carny life. Like it's yeah. it's yeah, a thing. It's it a culture. It's a community. Definitely a carny life. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I. I yeah. Well, I was on the other side of that. I was the people that was the all day suckers that were always. Yeah, hey, my hey mom, you gave us hope. You gave us entertainment. Like, don't undersell that. My mom, did would, you guys ever buy a hot tub? Because no. they got lots of hot. Tub we were right sales. across from the saunas. How many mm. of those do they sell? I mean, I never see anybody in. I see like one couple strolling through the hot tubs, yeah. and I feel like that's a really no, big purchase. Uh, we were grandfather clocks, and the state fair always did really well. <laughs> like for a while, I mean, it was definitely like. I mean, that can be really good. Um, like in the expo hall and different things. We were across from the saunas, and our booth was oh, right underneath the air conditioning. So it's like August, and it's freaking hot, yeah. and I'm in like a jacket. Free. I'm like, uh, so I'd like take breaks and go to the sauna. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey, Joe, do you mind if I? Just hop in for another five minutes. <laughs> I was gonna say it seems like a hard sell to sell a hot tub when it's like a hundred degrees outside too. Like, oh, let's buy this hot yeah. tub. But no, there was I don't know what it was called, but it was basically like Shakedown Street on like one side of the state fair. And there was a guy that always had like real sharp knives. My my mom never had money for anything, but for yeah. some reason would lose her shirt every year at the state fair. Yeah. Like she bought these knives that were real expensive because they could cut through like a tin can. That was like the big thing. I don't know why anyone needs to do that, but my mom bought like a whole set of steak knives one year, and I got, I got I learned how to cook an omelet at the state fair. That's a cool story. Yeah. I like that story. Um, and then Zach, you did the last uh, the last. We're gonna we're gonna come back to those grandfather clocks because I want to <laughs> talk to you, I want to talk about your upbringing here in a second. But let's finish off with the dessert there, Zach. Uh, the last thing I did was pretty simple. It was uh, chocolate mousse. Uh, and it was just eggs and chocolate. And, eggs and chocolate. And eggs and chocolate. It makes it sound like so much worse. <laughs> I guess it does. Yeah. It was chocolate. Yeah, mousse. Hey, guys, you want some eggs and chocolate? Because I'm pretty sure if you gave me eggs and chocolate, I would not be able to produce what you gave us. And it's just whipped. And then, like, when they do it for, like, when they do it for, like, restaurant services, is there, like, gelatin added to it? Like, when they pipe it? Probably. Oh, yeah, probably something like that. Cause I, yeah, I've seen it where like it holds its shape a little bit more. It has to be gelatin right. or something, some sort of. Yeah, I put mine in the freezer. Mmm, that's just good. Yeah, I love the presentation too. It was just uh, was it slopped in a bowl? Is that, <laughs> yeah. was that, what, is that what that was? Yeah, it looked like. Camp I think food. originally I was gonna make something else to go with it, and yeah. then when I got there, I was like, nope, this is just going in a bowl. <laughs> you should have had it drizzling out of a chocolate egg. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like a egg full of chocolate? Like a like a Easter egg, you know, oh. like a giant Easter egg just bubbling with chocolate mousse. No, nope. <laughs> have you ever? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, you get it, and you get it in a bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was good. It was also. I was like, I took a first bite. And I was like, this ice cream tastes a little different. <laughs> you thought it was ice cream? I definitely thought. I it did ice too. Cream, I, I did too. Ice cream as well. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not the only one right now. Because I was like looking at this. I'm like, oh, this is warm. Yeah. <laughs> this is the warmest ice cream I've ever the had. The warmest ice cream I've ever had. That's exactly what I thought. I took a first bite. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, how many eggs were in the in the mousse? There were 12 eggs. 12 eggs. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I can feel my cholesterol rising right now. <laughs> doctors are mad at us yeah, right now. Doctors are mad at us. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about this carny upbringing of yours because you said well one of the <laughs> favorite things that i've heard anyone ever say over here before brunch was uh i, well, I said i saw you uh, looked at your facebook to then check you out a little bit before we had you on the program and uh you had posted this commercial that you had done and uh it was it, you were great you were a child you were a child actor and you were in this wonderful commercial for what I can only describe as a haunted doll factory. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, uh, oh, and I was like, there has to be a story behind this. Behind this, and the story was so much better than I could yeah. have ever imagined. You had no idea no that clue that was what a I was. Small door yeah. to a big fucking world. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my, yeah, my upbringing. Um, was just full of, I would say, in a way, it was kind of like a circus because everyone was such like an individualized entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And um, which has actually made it been a rough adulthood on going like, oh, there's this whole thing that's like corporate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not everyone's just like has an act. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look like you yeah. know someone that trains elephants. Like, <laughs> like for sure. 
No, but I again remember I do have someone um, in my family that manufactured dolls and to an elephant level size. Um, so my great aunt um, in the 1980s had this epic story of her at like Toy Fair and Hasbro executives saw a sculpt that she had made and bought it. And that became a pretty famous doll, a toy of the 80s called My Real Baby. Mm. Now, if you really want to start looking at like from time traveling, things that do not age well. Well, are those are the babies that like, <laughs> those are the babies that peed, correct? Like, but it, no, it was kind of before that. This is oh, the '80s, so like okay. I'll you know I'll bring up some pictures um, at some point. But she she made bank off of it, like it broke them into the business. Mm. She was kind of the artist that like she did that, and um, and then my grandma started sculpting as well. And they actually ended up moving down to their family farm, and so my grandma had married into this family kind of later in life. So that's. They're related. I know them as relatives 100%, but mm-hmm. they also had separate lives um, beforehand. And so they had this family farm that was in their family for generations um, right outside of Bloomington in a town called Heltonville, um, which mm. is famous for Damon Bailey and Turner Doll Factory. Mm. Um, and so they built a couple buildings and legit had like 40 employees, mostly like women in the country, like straight up, like Heltonville, Bedford, Mar- like area, mm-hmm. um, to manufacture dolls. Salt of the earth people. Yeah. Cranking so out dolls. Really just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a haunted doll factory. In the, and family farm <laughs> with like animals and livestock. So, like, I mean, we moved down there for three years. We lived in a log cabin built in 1834, what? Um, kind of across the field from my grandparents. Um, I have a couple siblings. I have three siblings. My parents, my parents went down to run the doll factory and help out because um, it had just gotten so big. My grandma was on QVC all the time and like they go to toy fair. I'd go to some doll shows, just a wide variety. Um, but it would also be like, gotta go rescue the cow that's fallen into the pond and it's too muddy to get out oh, to like, yeah. let's go take catalog pictures for the new dolls. <laughs> now, was there a situation, was this a thing when you were a little girl where you would just get like dolls for Christmas every year and be like, I'm kind of in the business, guys. This is kind of a no, lame present tested um, on her. Man, <laughs> I, may, if, I may have to send y'all a clip later because... Um, oh, we're watching the commercial no, at, the, no, no, at the break. No, 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 no. There's some things that, like, also, home families, oh, that, that you're not, not putting on public. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but one thing that we... Um, we're actually doing a video for the symphony right now. And we found, I found some VHSs and I, there's a clip of my little sister being asked, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to the symphony. And I'm like, yep. Going to take that personal family video and put it in a commercial for the symphony. <laughs> oh, nice. So we're, we're really pumped about that, but I was looking at some of them and one was a family Christmas and we had like eccentric like play clothes made because there was a sewing factory. Mm. So like the level of my princess dresses yeah. that I had yeah. was, like bibbity babbity boo bitch like this is oh yeah next it, level it, yeah it was a child couture yeah 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 kids Pretty hated much. her They're like, yeah. oh. for sure i was like i got this all factory <laughs> well and you're the size of a living doll back then right? <laughs> yeah like, exactly uh, that's perfect so which wait real quick aside mm. but in college one time there was i went to iu and there was um you know the dress-up parties during little five yeah, yeah. and there was a tom cruise theme party and I'm pretty sure all the guys really wanted the girls to wear, do risky business, like mm. not wear pants. Yeah, yeah. What do I do? Mm-mm. Jerry Maguire, because I have the doll farm. <laughs> 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 I went to the farm and I made that little kid. <laughs> oh, I went to Kmart and bought mom clothes and showed up with this thing on my hip. And everybody was like, and I didn't really share that I had this in my yeah. life. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. even know how like ridiculous this was until literally like late twenties mm. when it would peak out and people were like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I totally just took it and it was a black light party. And it just glowed. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. People were very confused. <laughs> was there, was there ever any incidences of any haunted dolls, any dolls actually being haunted or no, no, I just one Halloween though. I mean, cause we had an old barn and my brothers and I would just go and, take parts and mutilate them mm. and put them in like we made our own haunted you were like the yeah the, we were like the, the puppeteers from, the yeah we were not Story. afraid yeah, we were okay. not afraid we're the makers of dolls yeah <laughs> that's really creepy isn't it oh yeah because that just that just means there's just a bin of parts <laughs> there is there was bins of eyeballs and like wigs like big boxes of wigs so but they also had a coke fa- a, um, a coke machine mm. and i thought that's how i thought we were rich 
I told my, I was like, Grandma, uh, we're rich because we have a Coke machine. I, want to, <laughs> I honestly would like to agree with that, though. I mean, I thought we were so cool because we had a Coke. I was like a vending machine. Yeah, very few like, people. My have family that. has a vending machine. This is, oh my god. I love, <laughs> I love eccentric family businesses. Uh, yeah, because like my uh, one of my best friends uh, from high school, his parents. I think he inherit. I think he actually owns it now, uh, but it was uh, they make clothes for uh, strippers. They make, they make stripper clothes or whatever. That was just like in high school. Like, what, like, hey, what did your parents yeah. do? And he's like, oh, they, they own this place called Mean Maxine. They make custom custom clothes for strippers. And it's just like, when you're in high school, the idea of a stripper is so wild and exotic that it's just like, oh my gosh, you do that. So like, and then just to him, it's just like, yeah, that's what my dad does. What, you know, yeah. That. Well, that's yeah. probably the smartest business to make clothes for like strippers because like it's probably going to be less clothing they're always losing so the mater- yeah so yeah. the material has to be thin you don't you don't have to go overboard you know you it's can- not like they're making parkas exactly you're not making down jackets exactly <laughs> you don't need wool no wool. there's no wool involved there's usually no wool usually i've seen zero strippers wear cashmere yeah i can say that honestly you can honestly say that yeah you know i didn't know not what- at night no <laughs> yeah. when they're on the pole but maybe the next day oh well, yeah there i'm sure go. during their life they do you know, yeah no yeah actually, they're they're charging you adequately yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you want to be clear on harder brunch strippers can have cashmere yeah, strippers but not at the have job have you it's seen j-lo and hustlers <laughs> I have, I have, it's been a while. That's a good movie. I also was, this, I believe this year when I realized that cashmere is a type of goat. I didn't know that that's where that came from. I didn't know that either. I, to, may, I may have been today go- years old when I learned yeah, that Goat detail. hair. Oh, am I breaking news here on Harder Brunch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me or mm-hmm. surprise me, but. Cashmere. I eat cashmere. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's goat, right? Yeah. It's not just another word for goat. Do you eat the fur or the meat? Listen, <laughs> I've had some hairy meat before <laughs> in my days. Have you? Oh, yeah, man. Not going to touch this one. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought I was going to say. But I put it in my yeah, mouth and it was and, uh... gross. No, you have to like take off the hair sometimes because the way they make goat in some countries, um, there's still like little specks of hair. And you just Are you talking about Haiti? It. Well, I didn't want to throw them under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what? What all countries have you had going? He was keeping it light and easy, and you just were like, "Wait, what?" It's like settle down there, Anthony Bourdain. (laughs) (laughs) This is like in my travels around the globe. Okay, there's lots of countries. One that was a good diss (laughs) of the Anthony Bourdain. Uh, No, anyways, we'll move on from that. All right, let's go ahead and take a break and reset. (laughs) Then we'll come back and eat some more goat pies, cashmere chewables by Thaddeus Dundee. I'm changing my name. Welcome back to the Heart of Brunch podcast. Uh, we had a very special um, a treat for you guys in studio. That I got a very special treat. Um, have you ever heard of Londo's Flameade? Londo's Flameade. Yeah, so. I did. I did just a second ago. That was the first time. <laughs> so this is not a paid uh, uh, promotion or anything. This is just something that I wanted to get. This guy is up at um, forty straight, like forty six in Keystone. You owe him money, and that, no, I don't owe him money or anything. This was just like a product I wanted to try out for a while. And every time I'm up there, it's, it's on Mondays and they're closed. Mm. So I was driving around and I was like, oh man, I was like, it's Friday, they're open. I went in, I got a slushy. Which was phenomenal. I got okay. the trouble. They have a rotating slushy machines in there. So I got a slushy machine and then I got these two uh, different flavors to go. And it was all like super reasonably priced. I was actually surprised. I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm just getting drink. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. but uh, the I guess, I don't know. Zach, you said you've been following this, this guy's business for a while. Like, what has attracted you? Because there is an attractive thing to it. Again, this is not a commercial. I've never tried this before. I'm going to try it. We're all going to try it here in the studio. But there is like an attractiveness about his social media persona or presence or something. Yeah, no, he kills it on social media. I mean, when I had my business, he was one of the people I would kind of follow and, and see what he's up to. Because, you know, I would see him like, uh, I'd see him like a lot of photos of his like clientele, like mm-hmm. him dropping off stuff. And I was always just curious because he just kills it on social media. Um, and I mean, I think it's a lot just like he builds a really good community and he's got people, you know, returning regularly to, mm-hmm. to get his product. No, so, I mean, I've been aware of, uh, since, you know, for, for four or five years now. So are you friends with him? No, I've never met. Are Rondo. you friends with him? No, never no. met him. 
I never want to do a free advertisement again. <laughs> <laughs> we are wasting money here. And and if it does taste bad, yeah. are we allowed to say? Are sure. we allowed to puke? Yeah, I mean, what are the rules? Sad. We've gone over this a million times. You're always allowed to puke. Thank you, you know. You I do. thought that was still the rule. <laughs> yeah, we always say that. Now, Heather, uh, we got two flavors here. We got a tropical or pineapple. Which one's pineapple? Not the tropical one. Okay. Which which one's a midwestern tropical. pineapple? Tropical. Now, also one of the selling points of this. Is that they says it goes great with uh, it goes great as a mixer. So I did also bring some tequila down here. Would you tequila like a me. Would you tequila like a little me. a little skosh? Yes, please. All right, put a little skosh in there, and then you know what? I think maybe a little bit more tropical on top. Boom. Oh, yeah. T-t-t-t. Floater. I did just look and at then, their Instagram. They oh, are impressive. Good. Oh wow. Foxy, would you like just a tropical or pineapple? And honestly, Flamade is a really good name for a drink. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Maybe flame. that's what it is. It's just the name. Well, and one of the things that I liked, can you pass it to Foxy? One of the things that I liked um, was this uh, disclaimer on here on the bottle. It says, Londo's Flamade. Freeze it. They don't water down. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, like that's the, something somebody was coming to the store, like yes. hey, it's gonna water down if I freeze it. Like, yeah, wait, wait, I'm gonna put it on the bottle, it does not water down. You had to have so many people worried about the watering down. Thing. I mean, I mean, the product's great, but I can't freeze it, can I? <laughs> of course, you can. How many times do I have to say it? You know, what? just put it on the sticker, put it on the sticker. Uh, Zach, do you want which one? Uh, I want the pineapple, pineapple, little would you like a little tequila in there? Uh, I want to try it straight up, straight first. up. All right. And Daddy's Jay. Ah, I, li- I like how he rolls, shaking, not stirred. Pass that down. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the tropical. Tropical. Many people say that uh, my personality is tropical. Yeah, and I f- get offended. I'm going. Yeah, I do want the tequila, but like, try I like first. it straight up first. Okay. Yeah, try it straight up first. Um, you know what? I'm going to do a little tequila, and then I'm going to do a little pineapple. You're like, I will just try the tequila first. I'm just going to try the tequila, guys. I'm just going to go with the tequila. (laughs) Guys, I... You know what I... I, So looking at their Instagram and like... Let me see the tequila. They seem like they're very unapologetically authentic. Yeah. That has a certain vibe to it that is just like... That captures all audiences. When you're unapologetically authentic, you're just like... Yeah, this was ba- like this could have been like a family feud or like an argument. So we put it on a sticker, like it's no water, like it's just it's what it is, <laughs> you well, know. I do like, like there's it. something really attractive about that because it, it almost cuts through the noise by not trying to shout. It's just it is what it is. Cheers, and everyone. That's cool. Cheers. 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 Cheers to everyone except Foxy. Space bar magic. Oh my gosh. Are you sure this doesn't water down when it freezes? <laughs> Not according to the sticker. Also, I didn't freeze it, so I, I I I can't tell you for sure. I made a little cocktail. I went I went um I went eighty eighty pineapple twenty tro- tropical. You went rogue. Man, this is. You really may not delicious. be able to do that if it was actually sponsored. They might be like, no, no, no. Yeah. Product quality control. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. It didn't make me throw up. I I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's very. That's good. a really high bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I, high I, bar I, I know there yourself. was some concern. Oh man, you, you'd Seb? have to be a real show jumper to jump that one. <laughs> um, I like the drink, but I don't like the the person that makes it. Oh, oh. like the bartender. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Oh. I thought you meant Londo. Yeah, I thought you <laughs> no, were like, like, digging a Londo deeper dig. It's no. like, I thought you just heard about this. No, I'm talking about Londo. Uh, <laughs> Londo, yeah, Londo, I don't know what you're up to. You're making too good of juice. I'm suspicious. I know it's great. I will say this. He seems to, he seems to sell this like someone with like the tenacity of someone selling like uh, CDs out of the back of their car in the '90s. You know, I like, like I mean, unapologetically yeah, authentic. Like, like you will like this because it is delicious. This is what we're doing. Yeah, and um, uh, I'm just very excited about it. Just like I love those kind of like like little niche products. Where it was oh, just yeah. like when when I when I realized I was on that side of town, I was just like, I'm gonna go in there, and I saw the slushy machines going, and I saw everything, and I was just like, this is this is great. Like I can't I can't even compare this to another business, you know. So it's funny that you say because like that's actually how I was raised, and I love small business, and I think that like I don't know personally, I've not seen a lot of culture of small business, but what you're talking about is what I know and love. 
Um, what I've seen is we have a lot of love for like tech. We have a lot mm -hmm. of love for like money and business. Mm -hmm. But there is so much for like the culture of small business that yeah. I actually really like about kind of the. There's not a lot that I love about the American dream traditionally. But to me, I'm like, oh, this one I can actually like, I, you know, I saw my parents um, like get a bottle of wine and like decide how they were going to decorate the windows mm, on yeah. Main Street at Christmas time. And my mom like brought so much creativity to it. And they like it was actually like a really cute date night for them. And I was yeah. like, that's adorable. And yeah. like, I think that slowing down and like being able to enjoy and like kind of be there with it is a fun thing. Like even with um, getting into the culinary world, I think that that's a world that still has a lot of passion and art and like fuel mm -hmm. that makes it different than a lot of businesses. And that small business is its own thing too. But like we got it. Like I sent an um, Instagram direct message like um, popcorn or uh, we're pop, um, just pop in. Mm -hmm. And um, Mandy like responded. She's like, "Hey, this is Mandy, one of the owners. I'd like love to chat." And like, you just like feel the passion on Instagram, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. About like to me, that's what I love about small business. Absolutely, it's it's the micro moments that may not be super sexy on LinkedIn or super sexy like on all the things, but that's actually what makes life so much more fun. Is mm -hmm. those like micro moments that, yeah, live in the culture of it. Yeah. Have you happened to see the movie Pig with Nicolas Cage? Um, I highly suggest watching it. It's kind of, I don't want to say like a bait and switch movie, but like if you see the preview, it almost seems like it's going to be kind of like a John Wick kind of like, it, it seems it's a very, I've seen a, a preview for yeah. the Can Can. Yeah. 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 It yeah is, it's, it's, maybe not Can, but it seems yeah, yeah. almost like a thriller or like a horror movie or whatever. And it's definitely intense at some parts, but it has this completely unexpected twist at the end of the movie and it's just it's very much in the lane of, of what you were talking about and mm. i i cannot recommend it more highly i thought it was going to be one kind of movie such a weird actor and it, too and it switched up but it, it it definitely um has this through line about like the culinary um scene of a city mm. and it's it's um you know, I guess the broad strokes of it is that this guy was like the most famous chef in like Seattle or something, and his wife dies, and he can become become as a, a recluse, and he just hunts uh, uh, truffles with this pig, and then someone and comes someone and steals, like, steals his, pig, his pig, and then he, so it is like a John Wick meets like yeah, yeah but yeah. instead of like you know going in like like you think it's gonna like okay that sounds just like John Wick he's gonna go and like beat everyone up. But it kind of takes this different turn. Does it reintroduce him to humanity? Yeah, he has to. He has uh, to go back, and that's where I thought maybe that could go. That would be very cool. Deal to with watch. people, yeah. and then the I don't know. It's got a twist at the end that I can't even. I can't even tease it, or I'll, I'll give it away. But I I'd um, highly recommend watching. Well, it. You guys know, like he's he's a he's an interesting dude. Do you guys know much about like Nicholas Nicolas Cage's Cage. career and like his family? No. Oh Let's my go. god. I mean, I've seen yeah. a lot of his movies. So I mean, we I'm celebrate not... Con Air Day here, of course. I. I mean, how could you not? What is he like? Forgot the bunny? Like, there's just so <laughs> yeah. many. It was on. It was just. It was on TV all the time as kids. Well, yeah. <laughs> just, Every year. Was, they must had a syndication deal with Con Air that was just like, oh, the run it again. What do we got? Run it again. What do we got? Run it again. Because that was on all the time. We celebrate it here every July 14th. We have uh, people over. We make a big pot of chili Con Air Day, and uh, and we watch. Con Air, we have people that haven't seen that? it since the 90s and people that have never seen it before. Do you guys do that with Fifth Element? Because that's one of my jams. We, should, we could do a, uh, a double feature. We should do a double feature. Fifth Element, year. like Gary Oldman, too. I mean, uh, that's he's. Uh, have you guys seen Fifth Element? Oh, yeah. I fell asleep. <sighs> to be fair. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, to be fair, I was Did you feel the tired. weight of that sign? Mm -hmm. you no, know, oh, I felt so it. so much sass in that sign. I felt it. I felt it. There that's was not even good. a good one to fall asleep to. To be fair, Thad falls yeah. asleep during most movies. Uh, all right. That's all right. All right. Free. So that's, that's where he's at. That's but where he, he's at. But he also tends to put movies on really late at night after he's been drinking. <coughs> well, Got it. So it's Got kind it. of a recipe for yeah. bedtime. So he's, um, Nicholas Cage is the nephew of Francis Ford Capilla. And then therefore cousin. In real life. Real life. I don't know. Real that. life. He's also struggled with debt and finances. Um, we, he has been completely movies. bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So that's like one of the most interesting <laughs> things. Like he's he's got this career where he's either like super spot on or like absolutely ridiculous. And then there's actually a movie that I've not seen out right now, but it's basically him playing a version of himself. Yeah. It's very meta. We're like, yeah. it's like a failed actor that needs the money. So he takes an acting gig. Yeah. And his name's Nick Cage. Right? Yeah. 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 I haven't seen it yet. It but was, like, it was very interesting. Yeah. And 
I, I, I got halfway through that. I owe you money for that on uh, Prime. I bought that off your account. Anyway, <laughs> I did not watch it all the way. I'm a bad guy I when it comes to that. You should have to pay double if you didn't even finish it. Uh, well, I feel like that's, that's the new clause. Yeah, we're going to write that in. See, I need you on my team. I need you. Yeah, <laughs> need, there's the you need my manager just for my life or just <laughs> for my you have situation. To pay, you have to yeah, retail yeah. price if you buy a, a movie off my account. You, have, I'm, I'm paying. I'm charging interest. Yeah. If you didn't even gain anything from definitely it, you're gonna speed. learn these lessons one way or another. <laughs> definitely be some late fees. Um, well, we do have we do have a video. Um, Thad, uh, we talked about it earlier, and I wanted a chance to watch it. But this is Heather as her role. Um, I don't want to say the year; we don't want to date this, but it looks like it was a couple years ago. This was a little back in the day. Yeah. And this is for the family business. One of one of the family businesses. Yeah. There was doll very, shops very within doll shops. My mother's doll shop has the latest in doll creations. Hey, it's my mother's doll shop. Create a lifetime memory as you adopt your very own baby at my mother's doll shop. For the last time, it's my mother's doll shop. That's the name of the story, silly. Oh yeah, never mind. My mother's doll shop for the young and young at heart. Located on Main Street in beautiful downtown Zionsville. Uh, I have some questions. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, well, first off, just one statement because we don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But remember, off off camera before we talked about this, how your first TV appearance stays with you. Well, apparently, I'm living proof. <laughs> what exactly were you wearing in that commercial? Because it looked like you were wearing scrubs at first, and then I was like, "Well, why would she be wearing scrubs?" And I was like, yeah. "Is she wearing a doll? Was that a princess no, it was, suit?" No, that was a scrubs. Like, yeah, because um, talk about weird first jobs. Um, my evolution of weird first jobs because you know family businesses. So my aunt had this my mother's doll shop, which actually was very true in name. You talked about how businesses get their name. Well, her mother manufactured dolls, so mm. it was like her mother's doll shop. And then the name of the store was My Mother's Doll Shop. Gotcha. Now, so, were yeah. you related to the other girls in there? Yeah, that was my cousin Lauren. Because okay, I got yeah, it. And their neighbor Felicia. No, yeah. sh- no shade on them. They were shit actors. Okay, no, they were, they Lauren. Were actually, I think she was better. She was like real white. She was like, but it's My Mother's Doll Shop. She like, I think I was the one looking like I cannot be bothered. No, you I were. Think I actually, was a little like man. You, I mean, you could have been a little bit more dramatic. Obviously, I've learned. You carried uh, that entire commercial. <laughs> You did look I, I, like my a, vote's Lauren. I vote Lauren. You did look like a young queen up there. <laughs> like, like, this is my mother's doll shop. Uh, um, but no, so one of my jobs. So it was kind of cool. She had this, you know, build a boy, build a bear had just kind of popped mm. up at the time. So what she did was she actually had probably a hundred square foot nursery that she built into the shop. And so little kids would not go buy a doll. They would go adopt a baby, oh. which when you actually think about it is like really fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, America practices adopting with like the little kids. Yeah. But also yeah, part of the adoption really... process is physically making your baby. Uh, no, no, that part. Yeah, that's, but that's for Build-A-Bear. I don't I mind to have long arms. First off, <laughs> now we're getting into some like Adolfo Huxley, like utopian Vonnegut <laughs> stuff. If we're like, yeah, build a build a baby mine's gonna be a basketball player build the perfect white baby (laughs) so wait are they engineering or are they making the plastic as well um at the manufacturing so grandma grandma did that but it was vinyl and there was ovens that pulled vinyl or it was a a porcelain i do know all the facts Mm -hmm. on this but my mother's doll shop which is what this was um was a store on main street yeah and so they had a little nursery where you would just go in and like the babies were like in little cradles Mm -hmm. and i went through the adoption process i had like papers Mm -hmm. i was nurse heather does anybody get turned down 15 i was like (laughs) i'm nurse heather (laughs) and i like went so you know what's funny is you asked me if i acted yeah and like really um yeah in my family business as a nurse adopting out babies to yeah. children how, how, getting paid like five fifty an hour. I have a lot um, of questions. I have a few yeah. questions as well. Yeah. Yeah. How old were yeah. you when yeah. you were doing the nurse oh, Heather God. bit? I mean, that was like, I was in high school. Like I did eventually leave it all when I got into babysitting. I was like, yo family, <laughs> they pay cash and I get to eat pop tarts. Yeah. I want the real baby. Yeah, you are like, you're not paying me enough. Cause I clean clocks. Mm. I worked at, uh, when we were down at the business 
for the manufacturer. I like how you said that that was a totally normal thing. You're like, I clean clocks on the yeah, side. Clean clocks until I wow. until I broke my like Walkman and then I was like, Dad, you don't pay me enough. I'm out of here. Cleaning um, clocks, I'm ad- <laughs> adopting fake babies, well, you know, normal high school stuff. There's a lot of dusting on clocks, you know. What was your question, Dad? It. You had a yeah, what you sorry. okay, do any of the kids get turned down for the adoption? Like you like you mm-hmm. have a messy uh, room. Un- unfit mother. Unfit mm-hmm. mother, yeah, stuff like that. That was just that's the like sh- SNL skit or there or there's like a <laughs> like like they want a certain baby from a certain country like no. actually there's a war going on there right now so it's gonna be slow honey honey it's honey, honey. this is down. main street Zionsville they were all white babies these kids <laughs> got whatever they wanted the, and they got it in the form of an experience yeah. in the 80s but, I can't you know, imagine there was even a black baby doll in Zionsville oh in Zionsville there's probably still not a black baby doll no, no, no Zionsville's pretty good you know I their, their mayor is pretty cool yeah yeah, shout out to their mayor. I like their mayor. Okay. I'm, I don't know a lot a of mayors. Yeah. So oh, like no, you guys will have to check it. Emily, she causes quite a stir. And, like, she's she's a... Was she the one that, she's like... She's a force. She cussed yeah, famously yeah. and I didn't she, read it. She yeah. was like, I'm the fucking mayor like, yeah. of this town. And Dude, if I was, was the mayor split, of anything, I would say that once a yeah. day. Um, yeah. Excuse me, I'm the fucking mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe right? we send these pancakes back, okay? <laughs> no, yeah. so Zion's was kind of changing. Like, younger families that are like, I want, I want schools and some grass. Mm. And I've got money, Zinesville. Yeah, move over and change. And Zinesville's like, oh well, you got the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nice. then there's some key people in there, and I think like Emily's doing some fun stuff. I like her. I'm like, you keep it going, girl. But that's probably not easy. My other question is, I just wonder about doll factories or when they're producing that. <laughs> like, what's the crossover? Because there's a lot of extra plastic. Are they actually making other stuff as well? Like, is Hal and Bur- Hal Burton involved <laughs> in these doll these doll plants? I don't know. I just want to yeah. do some more research. I think it'd be a good documentary where you, you go deep behind. I'm boring myself as I no, say. It's okay. <laughs> You're actually just describing my childhood. <laughs> where you go deep into a doll factory. That's my upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's like a dark documentary. You thought AKA it was just a doll factory. Childhood. Do you, do you, the real question is: Do you have a connection? So, like, Thad has a grandfather clock that his actual grandfather mm-hmm. made, but it does not currently work. Do you have a service mechanic or someone that knows how to fix? Well, they grandfather they, clocks? they did close it a couple years ago. I could probably uh, I probably have it in my Rolodex. You know, someone in the game. I could probably I could be that connector if yeah. needed, but I'd probably have to make a few phone calls because mm, it seems yeah. like a very. Small, I mean, it's a thing. It small is. Community. It is. Maybe yeah. I like it being broken because there's something poetic about a broken clock. Yeah. Right? Right twice a day. Amen. <laughs> That's what I always say. I just always think it's interesting. That's a you... nice positive spin. I can respect the positive spin on that. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I do. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting when you see things like uh, pinball uh, repair, pinball machine yeah. repair, oh, yeah. or uh, like, you know. There, there used to be some TV repairs, like the big screen TVs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you just get a new one now. Yeah. yeah, now, I mean, I'm sure like, I'm sure people that fix VCRs mm. are what? busy all the time. I'm sure they have no days off because there's not a lot of them. You know what I'm I saying? Know, I, know. Know. I, I actually think that's been done and gone just like the doll business. No, yeah, no, there's probably just, still I think a, that target market has like it, there's none. But there's, there's like, some people that still want them. Like you could, you can. There's find enough the, grandparents that there's, there's enough a good PCR will, that, man. Yeah. That like, I feel like I feel like the ones that are still in business are always busy. Yeah, you're talking like they're getting swamped. I can't, I can't stand this anymore. Like they're busy all the time. I don't know if that. I don't think that's. Yeah, All right, well, I, I think we should interview. Clocks one. are yeah. pretty busy. There's not a spike of. Yeah, that. but there's still and like clock. Yeah, but I mean, nobody's going into it now. either. Yeah. Do you know what a curio cabinet is? Mm-hmm. Like you well, know, I mean, I, I do, but can you explain it for to, our listeners? So I, right, because like yeah, but I had an employee and she was like, "What's a curio cabinet?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh God, this is my parents' business like faded." <laughs> Like, yeah. Which then you know you what you set next to the curio cabinet was your dolls. So I was like, I I uh, got yeah. to stand witness at like a couple of these things. How like generationally it just you know we went to technology. When do you so think it was really interesting? But when uh, do you but think a curio- be- oh sorry, no, go ahead. No, yeah. finish your curio. I have a question. It's like a like a basically a big glass cabinet dome for like you keep your mm. you know your goodies. There's actually a great play called The Glass Menagerie that's kind of like that so it's, it's kind of like what you hold fragile yeah so it's a lot of times like more traditionally with families too mm-hmm. like you pass down things yeah. that are fragile and you would display them I so think it's my interesting mom how one, the yeah. culture has even yeah. shifted around it now i mean then you get some people that have like 
like some of the books that like, have tons of curios and there's all like these like spoons from places they've traveled and like, you know, like, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, collecting things has actually yeah. kind of, that culture comes in and out, but it's this kind of been on the This is a spoon from Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Got this in Muncie. And I will pass it down to you and you shall cherish it forever in your curio cabinet. My mom. Didn't work out. <laughs> my mom had a doll because my grandma was from France. So my mom had a, a doll that she had gotten from France and named it Katrina Marie. And uh, she had it like well into like, like I remember this doll just always being around somewhere in the house, but that was supposed to be my name. If I was a girl, I was going to be Katrina Marie named after this creepy doll. Of my mom that she had, I think all dolls are kind of creepy. I don't know yeah. why I think it's There's a Heather Jane doll. You guys, if, if I knew we were going to do this, I would have brought the Heather Jane doll. They named a doll after you. Yeah, and it was sculpted after me. Whoa! Can we, can like we I pull sat, that up? No, no, that one. It have to be a deeper search. I don't think it's as easily accessible. Okay. But I can send it. So they for did the a post. mold of your face. No, I sat there. Wait, oh. I sat there as my grandmother sculpted it. Oh, I thought you meant like a bottom mold. I was very confused. No, no. But my brother, when he was like a little, like he was, he was probably like six. Five, they put his hands in a cast mm. and like cast his hands, yeah, they and they were like the best-selling female. Doll. <laughs> your brother's hands, yeah. Brother's so we, my brother, like my dad would tease and be like, "Your your hands are the on the best smelling female doll that we had for Turner dolls." That's the and worst. It was like five hundred bucks a pop. Her name was Ivory. That uh, makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Did he know <laughs> that you have girl doll arms like you Wait, are the yeah. prototype? Did he get cut in on any of this money or did he just oh, get made fun of? Not. No, he just no. had all the childhood trauma. To trauma. Oh, with him. wow. Yeah. Good it's stories. Like, we get, you know, then apparently it just comes back to haunt you on podcasts. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> I mean, trust me, if I was in a commercial when I was a child, I would probably make people watch it. Like, oh, no. I, I, mean, I was in a protest video as a child and. I had it on a VHS tape for for years, and then I remember, like, I was in my mid-20s, and I wanted to show somebody, and I went to my grandma's house, and I was like, hey, grandma, where's that where's that tape when I was on the news? And she she just, like, snapped around like I had, like, caught her in, like, the, the middle of a deep family secret, and she just started bawling, and she's like, your grandfather taped that over two years ago, Michael. <laughs> I was, like, just bawling, oh and I was just like... And then I ended up having to like console her, and I was like, "It's fine, it's okay." It's, <laughs> oh, no. This is mildly disappointing, but like, pull yourself together, Grandma. First off, what protest was it that you're burying the lead? Oh, uh, my grandparents were big environmentalists. They were part of like the Audubon's. They were bird. I grew up in a bird watching family, okay. so I'm not making fun of the the doll factory at all. Because I think it was very clear we're all weirdos yeah. here, and that's like a weirdo and proud. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, but because of that, we, yeah, we ended up going, it was, it was some sort of environmental rally at the state house downtown and I, we were carrying protest signs. I don't remember. Um, but I was just, I got kind of, t- it was hot. It was just like, and like a protest is boring if you're a kid, like it's not fun. It's not a fun no. child activity. I was like, I liked yelling at first when we got there for like five minutes. And then I was like, like, why are we angry? Yeah, I, well, don't who are we? I don't understand. And I knew we were protesting for on the behalf of the environment. But like, I was probably seven years old, you know, yeah. like a little that kid. That why isn't secured enough. And yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I remember like I was sitting on this kind of like ledge and the, the, they got done. And the news always does this where they, they interview all the regular people and then they just want to get like one goofy segment in. And so it's like, usually it's like, let's interview like the craziest person around or like a child, you know, like, <laughs> or like someone that's obviously inebriated. Like they, yep. And yeah. so they just came up to me and they were like, do you want to be on the news? And I was like, sure. And then they were like, why are you here? And I was like, people are polluting the world. They should stop doing that. And then they put that in the end. And like, we ran home before the news and I popped a, v- a VHS tape in. Nice. And like recorded it from the news, and that was like my claim to fame for. That would have been. That's a good. Yeah. I feel like that's a good first tell, like TV appearance. I called the. That's new, really your first TV appearance, right? Call, yeah. But then your family was like, "Destroy the evidence! Destroy it! <laughs> Take Jerry Springer right now!" We don't know how this is gonna go. <laughs> I, I, I I called a few years ago to see if I could get it. Like maybe they had a tape somewhere, and I was like, "Yeah, I was on the the new segment, and I was like the summer of '88." <laughs> And they oh were like, God. yeah, man, we don't, it's not like They're still like, here. It's not in the cloud. No, yeah. <laughs> the cloud didn't exist then, you yeah. fool. 
Oh, well, speaking yeah. of, so I have a question, if that's all right, because I, I have a weird one. Well, um, you get one per episode, so use okay. it wisely. Oh, well, I'm just going to go for it. Um, what's the weirdest thing you collect? The do we- you collect anything? And, and, and you can take it abstract, but like, what do you, oh, do you collect anything? What's the weirdest Good. thing you collect? Waffle irons. Yeah? I have so oh. many waffle irons. Oh, what's the story? I don't really have a story. Like, <laughs> I just see them and, and I think of the possibilities. I've got a waffle bowl maker. I've got a little Darth Vader. I've got a little baby Yoda. They're different shapes, though, right? Yeah, they're different shapes. Each one's different. I got like circus animal waffles. I got like. And you have children. It makes it less weird that you have small children. Yeah, but I had the waffle irons before the. You're not helping. You know. No, this is amazing. We have to do a like a what shaped? No, we do a costume party and with like different shaped because everybody just come in different shapes and characters. Yeah, and make that a party. Can we please make that happen? No, but that and cookie cutters. Mm. We've got hundreds of cookie cutters. What's what's. Some of the weirdest or obscure ones that you have. I like Gen- genitals. I like the the sandwich cutters. <laughs> I know someone that does have a waffle maker that's a genital. There's sex Wait, what? that I met in my pottery class. There's there's sex waffles. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you just you just yeah. sit him down around. Yeah. yeah, that's all I'm gonna do we'll for the next week. Yeah. No, I'll yeah. introduce you. No, she literally she said that. Um, <laughs> it's all right. You're gonna say sex. Yeah, I know, right? But she was like. Um, the the penis one can get a lot different forms out of it versus the vagina one because mm. you know penis you can do like corn dogs <laughs> but she oh. has this like molds and and actually um there is um oh god what is it smelly bits Mm-mm. smelly bits on instagram she does um penis soaps oh, out of out. this mold yeah dick soaps are we talking about soaps that smell like dick? <laughs> like soaps that you can rub all your body and like get clean with. That, that look smell like, like penis. Imagine. No, they don't smell. No, 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 no. No, oh, they okay. look like them. They look like them, they but they don't like exactly them. smell no, like No, 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 junk. no, no, no. You want the visual, not the smell. Well, the, Come on, let's think about this well, one. What, what was the Did name called again? Did you use your brain on that smelly well, bits? Exactly. But it's a play on words. Well, yeah. It can, <laughs> it can play both ways, sister. But yeah, check that out on, on Instagram. My uncle was actually so doing... So yeah, so anything, other things you collect, didn't mean to take us down that rabbit hole. Oh, uh, <laughs> so again, weird family. Um, both my grandparents were scientists. My my grandma was what was called a teratologist. And they actually, she worked for Dow. And um, they actually did a lot of, <laughs> they did some animal testing. So there was some <laughs> stuff going on Hi. there. And then my, but they were also huge animal lovers. Like we had a lot of pets growing up. And uh, my mom worked for a late night animal emergency clinic. And so one wow. time this uh, cat came in, went into birth and had a, uh, had a kitten that had two heads. It was born with two heads. It died almost immediately, but then they dropped it into a jar of formaldehyde. And then just like a coffee, like an old coffee jar and just a formaldehyde and then just like threw it in a cabinet somewhere. And when I was six years old, I was sitting eating cereal and this cabinet door kind of pops open. And I, and I, I just I just see this like hideous creature and I'm just like, mommy, like, what is that? And she was like, oh. Don't be scared. It's just a two-headed cat floating in formaldehyde. <laughs> and I was just like, can I take that to show and tell? Yeah. And good she was you, like, yeah. And I smashed show and tell for like eight years. I just ran it back the same trick every year. Oh, yeah. You got some G.I. Joe's? Cool. Uh, uh, He-Man? You got He-Man? That's cool. Yeah. He-Man's real. Uh, anyone ever seen a two-headed cat? Uh, a real live uh, freak show? Um, yeah. So we had that, yeah, and then like rat, you. like rat fetuses and stuff, in case encased in glass, and those like weird kind of stuff like that. But like we had like a science room, and that was kind That's of our cool. menagerie. But I didn't necessarily collect them. It was just like the families. But you're exposed to that. That's exposed a cool. To it, That's yeah. a cool. That's yeah. That's I mean, and also kudos for you for like seeing the instant like oh, yeah. avenue with it of like show and tell like it actually took me a while to like start bringing out the doll factory story mm, yeah, like yeah. i was just like this is normal yeah <laughs> you know for so versus my brother who's a little bit more in sales he's like nah i've had that one that's been my like 
my winning card mm-hmm. since like 20. I'm like, yeah. no, me, I thought that was really normal and cool. I'm like, I thought that the, I didn't even know this was weird. That's how weird I am. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool stuff. What about you, Dan? Did you collect anything as a kid? No, I, I really didn't. Like, I, I liked slingshots when I was younger. Um, I, I like yeah. as an adult. As an adult, uh, I'm more just of a like a media dude. Like I like making videos, so I'm not collecting mm-hmm. anything. Shoes? You don't want a shoes? I got. No, I'm not a, a you're not actual a, like shoe a, head. A, you're not a. I think that's what they call them. Shoe heads. Shoe heads. Yeah. What is it? Uh, shoe ends. I believe they call them <laughs> sneakerheads. It's sneakerheads. <laughs> Which is close. A shoe-in is a, is a sneakerhead that has agoraphobia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, Dad. Yeah, right. I don't even know if it was a boo. <laughs> but I was like, all right. Uh, so I collect vinyl, like records, um, non-music. Oh, like like it's what? It's like my weird thing. But like S- there's like propaganda. Oh, okay. There's like theater. Like I've got like there's spoken word. Mm. I have Charlton Heston reads Old Man of the Sea. But it's only one of two discs. So it's like the bridge <laughs> version. But it's like so good. Is it the there's second like, half? Uh, it's, no, it's the first and the end. So oh, it's literally just the bridge. missing like the middle. Two, yeah. Wow. Which I'm not going to lie. Listening to it, I'm like, oh my God, that's a very like romantic, gut-wrenching story. And I was on the IU Bass fishing team. So a fishing story is like something that I'm really into. Because remember, Doll Factory also had farm. So two fishing uh, ponds. You see how she just sneaks yeah. these stories yeah. in? Yeah. Well, just, we're at the end up. of the podcast and you're just bearing the lead that you were on the IU Bass fishing team. Team? Oh my gosh! Do you keep up know. with the fishing world? No, 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 no. I'm not gonna lie. That was one that I like. I really didn't understand. I was like, um, you know, there's one thing that I'm finding really interesting is like the different cultures that value outdoors and nature. Mm-hmm. But then there's still like different cultures. Like um, I went on a date the other day, and he was like, "I love nature," and I was like, "Okay, you are like your family culture with like nature is like agriculture and sailing." Mine is a little bit more Appalachian. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to go jugging Staying and alive. eat turtle. <laughs> and he was jugging like, and eating yeah, turtle. He, he was like, I love nature. I was like, oh, do you fish? He's like, no, I wear boat shoes. And I was like, okay, well, I can tell you that a turtle's heart will beat outside of its body for at least 20 minutes. 25 if you poke it. <laughs> Those things will keep going for an entire day. Like, right? so, so we had a, a, a pond and we pulled a snapping turtle out and then, you know, we we made turtle soup yeah. from it and we cut yeah. the head off, yeah. turned it upside down. And then the next day we came out, cracked it open and its heart was still beating. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. All right. The name of this, these either be sex waffle or jugging and eating turtle. <laughs> I think we got a couple of awesome. events like that we need to do. I think now we got to like eat some turtle. I think we got to follow up. Here's can a you, brunch uh, menu. <laughs> can you drop a beat for me there, Zach? I do want to say real quick. Yeah. Um, the fishing team has to be the boringest tryouts ever. All right, guys. <laughs> they didn't holes they just in. let me yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> let you in. I was like, oh, <laughs> see, you gotta, see, you're saying that wrong. You'd be like, I walked on to the uh, IU. You walk on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Heather, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Oh, on social media, we got a couple here. So Porch Marketing on Instagram and kind of all the things is where you can find uh, my company, uh, Popcorn with Culinary Crossroad Initiative. Please give us all the follows. And uh, me personally, just kind of H. Brogdon on Instagram and kind of working on some of that. But that's where you'll find the really weird uh, doll factory commercials, et cetera, et cetera. Nice. That is Jake. You can find me at Thad McKee on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm out here on Twitter, so give it a follow. Give me a goog. Zach Rome. You can also find me at Thad McKee on mm-hmm. all social media. Nice. It's a joint account. Yeah. It was cute the way you guys both put your both your faces in the photo. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, love. You can check out hardabrunch.com uh, for all your merch needs. Also, check us out. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash hardabrunch. We put out bonus content every week. Guys, it's a it's a full-ass show. It's a fun time. Um, it's where, you know, Thad gets into some of his, you know, more controversial ideas, you know, about the shape of the earth, you know, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you can, you can find me at Oblong Earth. <laughs> you can also find me at Dyke Michaels on all social media. And uh, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.